Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. In Jesus' mighty name. And we all say, Amen and Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord this morning, church. Amen. Thank you, worship team. All right, all right. Uh, Once again, Pastor David, good to have you here this morning. We love you. Thank you for taking time and uh, and joining us for worship and and this time. Just a couple of quick things before we jump into today's new teaching. Number one, we have step two of our growth track today taking place actually now and after uh, during the second service. I know that there's a group of people that have been waiting for step two. I literally, you've done step one, three, and four, and you're missing step two. Today is the day for you to go ahead and complete that, all right, so that you can finish your growth track and join the dream team and be part of what God is doing here uh, through NUMA, all right? God wants to use your gifts and your talent, and that's what Growth Track is all about, all right? And maybe you're new and you're like, Pastor, what is that? Listen, it's a four-system process that we've designed, all right, where all I need you to give me is four weekends of the year. Give me four weekends. You could do it in one month, knock them all down, all right? It's going to be a benefit and a blessing to you to discover the way that God wired you, and that's what Growth Track is all about. So you're new in NUMA, go ahead and do that here at this church. We don't want you doing uh, what we have the needs. We want you to discover the purpose God has for your life and to be passionate about whatever it is that you're doing, all right? So uh, that's that. And number two, all right, as of today, we're going to make masks optional again, all right? I did that some time ago, and then the numbers of COVID went up again, and I go, guys, let's start bringing the masks. Uh, It seems that everything's calmed down a little bit, all right? So masks are optional. I see some of you guys taking them off right now, all right? Praise the Lord, all right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm still, I'm still praying we're going to have a bonfire at the end of the year. Just bring your masks, you know, and uh, just throw them in the fire, man. Anyways, that's not what we're talking about today. I could talk about masks all you want, you know, maybe Darth Vader and all that. And today's series is going to sound a little bit like that, you know. Today we're going to start a four-part series that I've actually never done uh, in 10 years as a pastor. This is, a, this is maybe I've done a weekend, you know, maybe maximum two weekends, but never a four-part series where we dive into this topic, all right? And we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, all right? We're going to be talking about spiritual warfare and, and the title of the soul series, all right? We've named it Spirit War. So we could put up, look at that. There you go. There you go. And you look at that and it's like, I don't know how many chess players we have in the house. All right. My daughter's been teaching me how to play chess and it's so interesting. All right. And you have these two sides that are just lining up against each other. And that's exactly what's going on in the spirit. And a lot of us, we're not even aware of what's going on. A lot of us like, what spiritual world pastor? You know, it's like, this series is for you. You know what I'm saying? You're going to learn a lot in what we're going to be sharing. And, uh, and we're going to see and we're going to understand that there's a spiritual world that surrounds us. And a lot of times we're not too aware because you and I are aware of what? Of, of what we see. Of the material world. You know, when you came in this morning, you took a seat there on that chair because you see the chair. If there wouldn't be any chair and I would say, okay, guys, go ahead and sit down. He'd be like, I'm not sitting down. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to fall and break my neck if I try to sit down. You know, because you and I 
are wired to live according to what we see. But there's a spiritual world that you and I don't see with our eyes. But it's even more real than everything that you see. And there's a spiritual world, a uh, war that is going on right now around us. And a lot of us are, are, are not even, you know, aware of these things. And maybe you're here this morning, you know, and, and maybe you're like Thomas from the Bible. You see, Thomas said, you know what? Unless I see, I'm, I'm not going to believe. And you're like, I, I don't believe all that stuff, Pastor. I think that, you know, a lot of that stuff is manipulated and, you know, it puts fears in, in, the, in the hearts of people and stuff like that. And, and, and I'm here to tell you something this morning. Whether you believe it or not, doesn't mean that it's not real. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that. You can continue with your doubts and seeing if you don't believe it. But you know what? How about if it is real? How about if it is real? All right. Uh, I remember that when I came to the Lord, young in the faith, I was like maybe a couple of months. And I was coming to this church back then. We weren't located here. We were located elsewhere, but I was coming to this con. And I was so hungry for God that I was going to another congregation on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I was going to church six days a week because wherever there was a door open at a meeting, I wanted to be there because I was so hungry for God. And I remember that I was going to this church and they were doing a whole week-long campaign with a pastor that they had brought from South Africa. And when I sat there, you know, he started giving testimonies of some of the stuff that was going down in Africa and stuff like that. I was like... Man, I'm glad Africa's far from here. You know what I'm saying? Because when he started to share some of those things, and he stood up and he says, and today we're going to see some of those things here today. I'm like, we are? You know, it's like, what? And that guy said, okay, we're going to make a line right here. We're all going to go around in a big circle. He put the whole church in a big circle. And he goes, I'm going to go praying one by one with everybody that is in here. I'm just going to say a word over you, or maybe I'll put my hand on you. And when that guy started pray, praying for people, all of a sudden, people would start twitching and moving, and voices would start coming out. And I'm there standing. I'm like, don't let that guy come near me. Don't let that guy come near me. It's like, you know, I'm there with my boys. I'm like, how about if I start acting weird, and my guys are going to be like, Yo, what's up with this guy? You know, so I'm like, and when he was like three people away from me, he put his hand on the head of a girl. And that girl threw herself on the floor. And I've never seen this till this day. She started slithering like if she was a snake in between the chairs. I was like, I told my guy, that, bro, you guys, you're going to bring me back into this place. You got to prepare me for what I'm going to see, you know. That girl started slithering. And he went up to where she was and she, he prayed in the name of Jesus. I cast you out, you foul spirit. And he started praying over that girl. And that girl gave a loud shout. She screamed, ah. And she just stopped. And all of a sudden, she just started weeping. And it was back to herself again. And that was my introduction. <laughs> that was like, yeah, welcome. Thank you, man. It's like, that wasn't my introduction to like, okay, there's more than what my eyes could see going on around me, you know? And I was like walking around, going to church, like, I wonder this dude sitting next to me, behind me, you know? Because that campaign lasted for a whole week, you know? So when that brother came by, I'm like looking around. <laughs> it's like, I don't want nobody slithering under my legs or something, you know? So today, I, I, I've titled today's message, What War and Who's the Enemy? What War? Today we're going to talk a little bit about, about, about this war and, and we're going to identify who is our enemy because I don't want you guys to be ignorant 
I don't want you guys to be ignorant that whether you believe it or not or know that it's there or not, I want you to know that you and I are involved in this war. I want you to come with me in your scriptures to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6 verse 10 through 12. Very important part of the Bible. And the Apostle Paul says this. A final word. So he's been teaching a lot of stuff. But he doesn't want to close out his letter without mentioning this. I'm going to give you a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Okay, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. God wants us to be strong in the Lord. And if today you're here and you feel weak, I have a word for you. Be strong in God. Be strong in his mighty power. There's a mighty power that God has for you today. Be strong in him. And he says, put on all of God's armor. There's an armor that God has for you and me. As part of this war. And we're going to talk about that in this series. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm. Can you say that word with me? Stand firm. Can you say that? Stand firm. Last night there was a big boxing match that was going on. And they've been uh, announcing this boxing match. A guy named Fury and another guy, Wilder. You know, and these guys are like both like behemoths of men. They're both like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and they're in a boxing ring. And each of them went down during the fight, and the fight went all the way to the 11th round. And at the end, one of them went down because he couldn't stand firm. He was like, you would see him tumbling and all. The guy did, he didn't even give him his best punch anymore, just a little punch. But since he wasn't standing firm, what happened? He went down. And the Bible says, stand firm against all the strategies of who? Of the devil. You see... We're going to talk about that in a second, but the Bible says that he is strategizing. He's in a war room right now, and he knows stuff about you and me, and he's scheming how he's going to make you trip, how he's going to make you fall. Actually, I'm glad that we're doing this series in the month of October, because in October, the world celebrates what? Halloween. And you might be here and say, Pastor, there's nothing wrong, you know, with putting a costume on my kids. And, you know, we're just going to go and, you know, pick up some candy. We all do it and save fun and all this and that. And I've been looking at some testimonies and hearing some stories preparing for the series. And I was hearing a testimony of, of a person that came out from being a Satanist. And he was getting interviewed and they told him, they told him tell me how, how is that? How, how is to be a Satanist? What does it mean to go to the Satanist church? And he goes, well... In reality, I do the same things that I do now as a Christian. And they go, what do you mean? He goes, well, we pray. We pray. And he goes, and in the month of October is where everything intensifies. And we start praying. And he goes, and I'm going to tell you what we start praying. We start praying that pastors would fall. That pastors would slip up morally. That pastors, you know, would have death accidents. Commit suicide. Because we know a scripture that says, if you strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. Imagine this. This is crazy. And he says, and we have three feasts during the year. And our high feast is October 31st. What day is that, guys? The day that we're out there doing stuff? He goes, that's our high feast. That's why you see children being abducted, people that get lost 
during that time, those are the days that we do our sacrifices to Satan that day. And I was hearing all that stuff. I'm like, man, there's a devil that is strategizing. He wants to knock you down. He wants to destroy you. He says that one of the things that is bigger on their prayer list is for families to come apart, for marriages to be destroyed. It was crazy. And, and you know one of the other things that he said that caught me by surprise? We fast. Some Christians don't even fast. <laughs> and you have these Satanists that are fasting for things to go wrong with us. So it says here to stand firm against the strategies of the devil for, not, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Church, I want to tell you something. Okay, your problem is not your mother-in-law, all right? She might look like a problem, all right? She is not the issue, all right? And you're like, Pastor, but that lady's close to the issue. Don't worry about it, all right? It's not your mother-in-law, all right? It's not your husband. It's not your wife. I'm like, Lord, where did I find this guy? Why did I get married to him? That is not your problem. It's not your boss, all right? It's not your pastor, all right? Put me on the good list. You know what I'm saying? All right, it says here, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So listen to this, all right? He, he, he shows here three different spheres or th three different types of characters that we're actually fighting against. And number one, he talks about evil rulers and authorities. You know that? I actually go, let me go into the root word to see what this actually means. And you know what the word means? Chief magistrate. Like a chief magistrate. This is how the spiritual world works. It works in ranks. The same way that the spiritual world, you know, the good side and the bad side, they all work in ranks. And the good side, God is the top. Okay. In the evil side or in the dark side, you know, all those Star Wars fans that are here, all right? It's not Palpatine, you know? It's Satan. And he's delegated chief magistrates over regions. We're going to look about this in the series as well. Over areas. And they govern all of that. They're in charge because Satan can be everywhere. Because Satan, okay, very important. He's not omnipresent like our God is. So he could only be in one place at one time. But he's delegated authority to these chief magistrates that are the rulers and authorities. And then the word goes into mighty powers. I'm like, okay, let me see what mighty powers is. And, and what came out, okay, are influences, government, or laws established. So he has these chief magistrates and then atmospheres and laws by which the kingdom of darkness operates. My wife and I have felt that sometimes when we're flying to a different city or we fly to a different nation. I don't know if you've felt this, Pastor, but you sense what's going on in the spiritual realm in that place. And you know, like, you go to a certain place and, and you feel loneliness. You feel depression. You, you feel sadness. You go to another place and you feel promiscuity, you know, and sexual sin. And according to where you go, there's these atmospheres that are governing. And then the third sphere that he speaks about is evil spirits. And you're like, man, I thought evil spirits were like the main one. Actually, it's third in category. <laughs> it 
evil spirits, all right, which are who? These are the demons, fallen angels, and, and we'll look into that in the series. And where's all this happening, pastor? Because I haven't seen none of these guys, <laughs> and I don't want to see them, by the way, you know? Where is all this happening? According to the scripture, in the invisible world, in the heavenly realms, all right? When we talk about the heavens in the Bible, and this is more like a teaching message that I'm giving you here today. When we talk about the heavens in the Bible, there's three heavens, okay? There's three heavens, okay? Number one is the heavens of the clouds that you see. You go outside now and look up to heaven. You're like, oh man, what a beautiful day. I don't know if you noticed this morning. It's just clear, not a cloud. It wasn't like that yesterday morning. Yesterday morning, it was just overcast, okay? That's the first heaven, all right? Then there's a second heaven. The Bible calls the lower heaven. That's where, where the star, where the moon, where, where the sun is, what you and I would call space. All right? That's that second heaven. And then there's the highest heaven. What's the highest heaven according to Scripture? Well, that's where God lives. Okay? That's the heavenly realm. That's the, the, the spirit realm. All right? That's the, 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 the highest of heavens. And that's where this whole spiritual world started. That's where the spiritual war started. I want you guys to go with me to Ezekiel. We're going to read a couple of scriptures here. Okay, Ezekiel 28. And you're going to hear a little bit of how this whole war started happening. How it broke down. Ezekiel 28, verse 12 through 19. All right, bear with me. This is a little bit of a, a long reading, but it's not a boring reading, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, Listen to this. Son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. All right? Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. So it's speaking to the king of Tyre, okay? But in reality, there's a metaphor or there's a word that is being spoken, not to the king of Tyre only, but to Satan or Lucifer himself. And listen to what it says here. You were made the model of perfection. Okay, talking about Lucifer in heaven when he was created. Okay, full of wisdom and exquisite and beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone. And it starts speaking about different stone there. Okay, red, carnelian, pale green pear. And it talks about all these things. And then it says, all beautifully created for you and set in the finest gold. So if you think you're wearing something that rocks today, all right, this guy was rocking. Okay, his clothing were jewels and gold and all these kind of things. All right. They were given to you on the day you were created. Pay attention. He's created. All right? Our God is not. He's eternal. Big difference there. They were given to you on the day you were created. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. He was like the chief of all these guardians that were around the throne of God. Some people think that he was the one that was in charge of leading worship to Jesus and to God. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created, here we go, until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. Do you know what he started doing? He started to, to talk 
to the other angels and say, hey, what do you think of Jesus over here? I mean, I know that he's all that, but don't you think, look at my beauty. Look at the way that I'm created. Don't you think that I deserve that? And he started to negotiate. Talk to this one here. Talk to the other one there. Cost division there. Cost division here. And your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. So I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, almighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride because of all your beauty. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. Pay attention when we let pride come into our heart. That's, that, that, that's what it all started here. Pride. So I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. You defiled your sanctuaries with your many sins and your dishonest trade. So I brought fire out from within you and it consumed you. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. All who knew you are appalled at your fate. You have come to a terrible end and you will exist no more. Isn't that a crazy scripture? I don't know how many of you guys have read that. And then I'm going to give you another one. It's found in Isaiah 14. Real fast. This one's not that long. Isaiah 14, verse 12 through 15. And this one's actually one that we've heard maybe a little bit more. It says, How you have fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. That's where the name Lucifer comes from. Okay? He was the light of the morning, the shining one. You have been thrown down to earth, okay? You who destroyed the nations of the world, for you said to yourself, pay attention, we're going to see the pride, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. When the Bible talks about God's stars are his angels. So I will be the top of all the angels that are here. I will preside, he will lead, he would have his throne. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. North means up in the highest place. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to the lowest depths. This is in the Old Testament. Talking about who? Talking about our adversary, the devil, or Lucifer, which was his first name. Now, in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, there's a scripture that talks about this war that took place in heaven. And I'm just going to read to you two verses from there. Revelation 12, verse 7, actually three verses, 7 through 9. It says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. What happened to the dragon? He lost the battle. All right? This is important. All right? He lost. He might try to tell you that he's winning, but he's not winning. He's not a winner. He's a loser. All right? He lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. So where is he now? On earth. (laughs) And who else is on earth? Hello, you and me. 
So we are here on earth. He's here on earth. And I want to tell you something. He doesn't like that you and I are here on earth. You know that some theologians believe, this is important that you, that you pick this up, that there's a gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says, verse 2, and the earth was formless and void. But when you go to the original scripture, what it says is the earth became formless and void. So in other words, what happened between the time that God created the heavens and the earth and it became formless and void? Well, there's a scripture that Jesus says in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I believe that there's a moment when Lucifer and all his angels came here to earth before we were created. And this was his domain and this was a mess. And God said, oh, I'm not even going to let you make a mess out of that. I'm going to start fixing everything up. And God started creating and God started to separate. And he said, and let light shine. And we don't want darkness here. We want life. And he started to create the fish and the animals and all this. And then he goes, and Lucifer, um, by the way, you're not going to be the only one here. Let's make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion. Because you're not going to have dominion of that place. Come on now. Isn't that amazing? Got chill bumps there. Let them, let you and I have dominion because you and I are made in the image and the likeness of God. So whenever Lucifer sees you and sees me, the problem is not with your marriage. It's not, he doesn't want to make you broke. He doesn't want you to get in an accident. That's not his problem. The problem is that when he sees you, he sees the image of that one that he hates and that he wanted to destroy. And by the way, it's not God the Father, because the Bible says that God the Father dwells in an accessible light. Only one goes into the presence of the Father, comes out of the presence of the Father, and that's Jesus. Jesus said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And Lucifer looked at Jesus and he said, why does he get to represent the Father and not me when I'm so beautiful? That was his issue. He wanted to be the one that represented the image of the one that has never been seen. That's why people don't have problem with God. But when you mention Jesus, immediately you feel something. The problem the devil has is not with the Father. <laughs> it's with Jesus. That's another preaching. That's another story. So now that you are aware of the spiritual battle, this, this thing that is going on, and, and you hear that there's a real enemy, I just want to take the time that I have left to share with you guys three truths. And I want you to write this down. Three truths that I want you to know about this enemy that will help you in your spiritual walk. Number one, write this down. The devil is real. He would want you to think that he's not. He would want you to think that it's just a creation or illusion. Actually, okay, they did a survey not too long ago. And that survey said that 50% of Christians don't believe that there's an actual devil. 50%. <laughs> So I could pick you here and get half, and half would say, no, that's not all that real. All right? And he would actually want you to believe that. Because if you believe that he's not real, then he's going to cause havoc around you. Oh, and by the way, by you ignoring him, because this is what we're, a lot of us think, well, you know what, I'm just not going to pay attention to it, and if I don't bother him, he won't bother me. Keep thinking that way. Keep thinking that if you don't mess with him, he's not going to mess with you. Oh, yes, he is. 
And then he also wants you to believe that he's really not that bad. You know, a lot of us have the image of the devil, you know, the cartoon one, you know, with the two horns and the long tail and the, and the pitchfork. Let me tell you, that's not how the devil comes to me. That's not how the devil tempts me. And that's not the way that he tempts the people that I know. He might come in a bottle of alcohol for some. He might come in a bag of drugs for others. He might come as a girl in a bikini for somebody. Come on. Preach it, pastor. The devil will come to you. Listen to this. According to 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. I am not surprised for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So he'll come to you as an angel of light. And then he'll tell you to do something that you shouldn't do. He tempts you. And by the way, I want to say something. Temptation, okay, is not sin. I want to get that clear. Because a lot of people, we struggle with that. And we think that because we're being tempted that we sin. No, okay. Sin is when you fall to the temptation, when you give way to the temptation. All right. But the devil will come and do what? He will tempt you. He will come and talk to you about your weakness. Say, well, that's not all that bad. Why, why don't you do this? That's not. And then after you negotiate with him and do it, then you know what he does? Then he points the finger. He says, I can't believe you. You were in church on Sunday raising your hands singing majesty. And look what you're doing now Tuesday morning. Yeah, or Sunday night. Yeah, let's make it a little bit closer. That's good. Sunday night. <laughs> and you were there this morning and singing and he'll accuse you. That's another of the names that the Bible has from the accuser of the brethren, of the brothers. So I'm here to tell you guys, the devil is real. Don't negotiate with him. Okay, you're going to lose if you negotiate with him. He's a master of negotiation. He tried to negotiate with Jesus, but he couldn't. All right? The second truth that I want you to know about our enemy, the devil wants to destroy you. Okay, number one, he's real. Number two, he wants to destroy you. John 10, 10. Jesus called him the thief. That was one of the names that Jesus would call the devil. Because he just comes, right, as a thief. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Then Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see, the devil's not coming to play nice. He's coming to destroy. He's coming to steal what you've worked so hard for. To build a family. You worked 30 years to build your family. I just found out a couple of weeks ago, not too long ago, a family, okay, married 35 years, and now they're going through a divorce. And now there was a marital unfaithfulness after 35 years. A lot of us think, well, you know, that happens only in the first two, three, four, five years. You're still, no, no, 35 years. 35 years because he comes to do what? To kill, steal, and destroy. I told you, he's scheming. He's scheming. He's trying, to, uh, he's trying to see how he destroys you. And, and let me tell you something. Look over here. Sometimes he knows your family history better than you know your family history. He knows what your grandfather dealt with. He knew what your father dealt with. And then he will come and try to throw that your way. And that's what the Bible calls generational curses. The same way that you pick up genetics. You know, and you pick up things from your mom and your dad. Spiritually, you pick up things as well. 
And I'm going to give you an example. That's why I try to stay as far away as I can from alcohol. Not because it's a sin. The Bible says that sin is if you get drunk. All right, every once in a while, I'm with my wife and we're eating at a restaurant. I order a glass of wine. I don't see a problem with that. But let me tell you something. As far as sitting down at a, you know, a recreational thing and start drinking beer and this and that, personally, I can't open that door. Because my grandfather dealt with that. My dad would drink four six-packs a day. A day. So you could be in a party and you offer me a beer, I'm going to say no. Not because I think you're sinning. Hey, as long as you don't get drunk, you're fine. But I know that the enemy knows what my family has dealt with. And I can expose myself to that. And you need to know your family line. You need to know some of the battles and issues that have been there. So that you don't expose yourself to those things. Are you listening to what I'm telling you this morning, church? Alright, so he will come to try to steal, kill, and destroy. Worship team, you guys could come up. And I want to give a heads up to the men. Because one of the things that I've seen with my eyes in this season like never before is how he's trying to go and take out the men. Trying to take out the men. Why? Because the men is the head of the household. And if he takes you out, he takes your wife out, he takes out your kids, he leaves a mark in their hearts. And church, I want to talk to the men. That's why we're doing a men's conference now on the 22nd and 23rd of October. It's not because Pastor Chris wants to put something else on the agenda. No, my agenda's already packed. As you know, that pastor's agendas are packed. I'm putting a men's conference in our schedule because we want to give you tools to help you. Now, I'm going to be completely blunt. Right now, at the moment, we only have 22 men signed up for that conference. I hope that those numbers go up after today. Because, men, you need to understand that he's going for you. He's going for you. He wants to take you out. He doesn't want you with a happy marriage, happy life, happy wife, and all that stuff. No, 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 no. <laughs> he doesn't want that for you. So you're going to come. You're going to invest time. If he's scheming, then you got to sit down and strategize too. Say, okay, how do I protect those things that are precious to me? How do I protect that that God has given me that is so dear? And the third truth that I want you to know about the spiritual war that is important for your walk with God, the third truth is that the devil responds to higher authority. Number one, he's real. Number two, he wants to destroy you. Number three, he responds to higher authority. What does that mean, pastor? Well, what it means is the following. The kingdom of darkness is set up, like I said it before, in this sort of like hierarchy, you know, and it's set up in like this order and there's chiefs over other ones and, and, and stuff like that. It operates in that kind of, of dominion and, and it responds to authority. So if that kingdom responds to authority, listen to what the scripture says in 1 John 4, 4. And I want you to hold on to this first church. You're watching at home. I want you to hold on to this truth. It says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. 
I want to repeat this to you. The one that is in you, if you have the Spirit of God living in you, you are greater, and He is greater than the one that is in the world. So I don't want you leaving here today and saying, man, I'm not even going to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> man, I want to sleep with all the lights on because I don't want to even walk in darkness. You know that at home, and I've given this example before, I'm going to say it again. When I have to get up at night, I don't turn on the lights. Because even though I already know my way around the house with the lights completely off, I'm like, you know what? Even though to me this is darkness, the Bible says, to God, it's as bright as day. So I don't have to worry about this darkness. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me, the Bible says. I shall fear no evil. I don't want you to leave here afraid. Say, man, the devil's out for me. <laughs> he wants to kill me. He wants to get me. I want to close with Matthew 12, 28. One last verse. This is Jesus speaking. I love the scripture. It says, but if I am casting out demons, remember the whole thing that he responds to authority. If I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Oh, such a powerful scripture. What Jesus is saying, if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, and I want to tell you, if you have the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God is there. And there's a greater authority that is resting upon you than any authority that the enemy could try to exercise over you. The question that I have for you this morning and for those that are watching is if you're completely sure, if there's a conviction in your heart that the Spirit of God is dwelling inside of you. I want to make sure that you leave this place tonight knowing that that is firming your heart. Because if that's firming your heart, the kingdom of God is with you. And everything else has to fall under that authority. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. And I just want you to make the simple prayer. I use it a lot of times at the end of the service. Just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me through this message today? What are you trying to speak to me personally with this? And let the Holy Spirit just speak to you right there in your heart. Just This is not the time to put anything away, just you and God, right there where you're at. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.